Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing pretty well. Uh, Wednesday, last day of classes for the week tomorrow. Um, so just one more day, push through. Um but yeah, nothing like taking a little break during the day of work to uh, sit down and talk some baseball. Um, and we've got a fun episode. We're going to be recapping Yankees, Red Sox, a little Blue Jays Rays, And then, of course, getting into our top 10 pitchers that we're most excited to watch in the postseason. Um, really excited. I have no idea who's on LJ's list. He has no idea who's on mine. We didn't share them. Um, so it should be a very fun episode indeed, but, uh, LJ, shall we jump right into that Yankees Red Sox game from last night? Of course, me and you being on opposite sides, we might as well just talk about it for a few minutes. Yeah. Again, there's not much to say here. The Yankees won, um, put together a good 10th inning and stuck it, were able to stick it out past that, uh, rally back from the Red Sox. Admittedly, I turned it off after they went up three. So I did not see the last two runs go through. I think more the story of this game is Garrett Cole. I don't mean to like take too much on this guy and hate too much right now, 
six innings, four earned, 10 strikeouts. That's not like a terrible line, but three out of his four hits allowed were long balls. Um, That was one to Tristan Cassius, one to Reese McGuire, and one to Xander Bogarts in this game. It's just more continual. It's the continual process of Garrett Cole coming up and being a mid-pitcher every single time he faces the Red Sox. And I can imagine as a Yankees fan who, you know, there still is, this is the biggest rivalry in the sport, possibly the biggest rivalry in sports. You want to see the guy that you're paying all that money, the guy who is your ace. You want to see him step up in the biggest moments of your season. And continually, I'd say every Red Sox, all the Red Sox series go up into that top 15 series of the year. Like there's a couple like significant ones in terms of clinching playoffs outside of that. But past that, I think Red Sox Yankees will always continue to be the more memorable, the more impactful, the more hyped up series, whether it means nothing or not. Yeah. You know, he's faced the Red Sox, uh, I believe four times now this year, opening day, um, the Yankees win, but he does not pitch well at all. Um, then we go to July 7th, the game I was at, um, where the Yankees squeak out a 6-5 win. He gives up two homers to Devers, five earned over six innings. Then, like, 10 days later, he absolutely shoves versus the Red Sox in what was a huge win for the Yankees. Um, you know, seven innings, two earned runs, 12 Ks. What day was that? July 17th. I believe it was one oh, of the Oh, that was the day that Chris Sale broke his hand. Yes. Um, yeah, that was like, yeah. Regardless, was, though, the day. Yankees offense was was outstanding that day. Um, I mean, Tim LaCastro went deep in that game, I think, off Jake Diekman, I want to say. So, look, yes, LJ is right. Garrett Cole has not pitched well versus Boston uh, at all this year, really outside of that one game. However, LJ, you know, I can't help but notice that the Yankees still won all four games that he pitched against the Red Sox. Oh yeah. I guess I'm, and that's not me saying that they're again, I'm trying to find a way to talk about this without sounding incredibly disrespectful towards Garrett Cole. Cause he's clearly a great pitcher, but I don't know when it, when all is said and done, whether we're talking about a hall of fame case or not, this guy's still, a great enough pitcher that he is going to be talked about after he's done playing, like as a legitimately good player. So that then leads the question, where does he stack up against people? I think this, these continual, whether you lose the outings or not, continually not coming up big, not being known as a big player in Red Sox Yankees will continually hurt your career reputation. I mean, look at Derek Jeter. We were we just pulled up the number before we got here. Was it an 85 OPS plus? In his career. And that's like with well over 250 games played against them as well. And yeah, so that's over a season's worth of games against this team. And he comes up like that. And overall, I think that hurts my outlook of him. And I think a lot of people, whether they're casual onlookers of the series or not, that's going to hurt that realistically I could see a world where 10 years from now you talk about Garrett Cole and him, his 
performance in Red Sox-Yankees is going to be a bigger deal to people than the fact that he's not going to have a Cy Young. And I think both things are going to hurt him long-term. But, like, both things are going to hurt his reputation, but I think based on the high-profile nature of this series, it's going to be the most standout thing, the fact that he doesn't have the standout performances against this team. Yeah. Um, you know, past that, though, we can't, you know, talk about this game without talking about Aaron Judge. Two more home runs, um, number 56 and number 57. Just 15, 15 more million dollars for the Yankees to pay. Yeah. At this point, look, if this isn't the biggest FU in sports history by him turning down that contract before opening day, and just basically telling the Yankees, like, I'm going to bet on myself. Like, I think I'll have a pretty good year. Um, at this point, Hal Steinbrenner literally just needs to give him a blank check. Is that the best financial decision for the Yankees in the long term? Maybe not. But if this dude doesn't come back <laughs> and leaves, the, the fan base will legitimately riot uh, at East 161st Street outside the stadium. So uh, I am so happy with the way he's been playing, just absolutely putting the team uh, on his back. I mean, and now you're literally, you're legitimately getting into triple crown talk for Aaron Judge. He's only eight points behind Xander Bogarts in the American League for batting average. Um, obviously leads the MLB in home runs, leads the MLB in RBIs. I've seen crazier things happen than an eight-point drop in a in a batting average with about, what is it, 18, 19 games to go, something like that. Um, yeah, that's – I'll certainly be – Well, I'm also to... – yep. who cares about the drop in batting average? It doesn't need to be eight or nine points drop in batting average. Xander Bogarts could continue to play the way he is. Yeah. And it, with the way that Aaron Judge has gotten locked in and can get locked in, it could very well ma not matter. You know, you could get into a situation where Xander Bogarts, as hot as he's been, maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he gets nicked up and ends up missing games here, doesn't get the opportunity to increase that batting average. Judge pushes him. You know, I think Judge can still, with 8%, there's worlds where he can control his own destiny on this. And, you know, Judge is at a 209 OPS plus right now. Um, Bryce Harper at a 179 last year. And that was one of the best seasons to me I, that I'd seen in a while out of a hitter. Um, you look at like Mike Trout, 182 in 2019. Bryce Harper in 2015, another amazing season. That was only a 198. So it, what he's been doing is... Look, I totally get the Otani for MVP chatter. I really do. And everyone knows how much I love Otani. I was I was ahead of the game on Otani last year, preseason. Um, but I, I just don't know how you can't give it to Aaron Judge. It's it it is most valuable player. A lot of times, even me included, I tend to side with like the player with the best overall statistical performance. And look, even when you do the combined war stuff for Otani, and we know as well as anyone, especially LJ and I, that 
Otani's combined war doesn't truly show his value because he, you know, you get to save a roster spot, you get an extra pitcher, all that. You look at even a stat like wins probable or win probability added, even when you combine Otani's pitching and hitting, it's still not what judges at right now. Um, there is a very, very valid argument for Otani, but at this point, and I don't want to turn this into MVP talk because we certainly have a few more weeks to to dive into all that. Um, I, I just don't know how you don't vote for Aaron Judge. This is we haven't seen a season like this in legitimately like years. Yeah, this is again, and I think we've had arguments on the show about this, but I still stand by the fact that accolades 110% mean something. You know, if you're getting the big statistical achievement, there's so much hype that surrounds that that makes your job and your life even harder. That has to mean something. So again, Aaron Judge wins the home run, this home run chase. He breaks that record. It feels like it should be a lock for me. Here's the other thing we don't talk about enough with Otani, and I fully still agree with the you know, saving a roster spot and everything. But we cannot ignore the fact that this man is just a DH for four out of the five days. He's a very good DH, but that position does not bring that type of value. I And you're sitting here talking to a guy who his second favorite player all time is a DH, and he adores him. I still am not... Like, you need to be, as a DH, you need to have the perfect season to be an MVP. Like, perfect. Ortiz came close. I don't think Otani's gotten there yet. If he weren't for his pitching, he certainly wouldn't be in that conversation. And so you have to weigh the fact that he is playing one of the least impactful roles on the team four out of every five days. Right. And, you know, last year, Joe Madden would throw him in the outfield for elite. I mean, it looks like only seven games he played out there last year, but that was still seven games. He he hasn't played it once in the field yet this year. That's um, because they changed the rule, isn't it? No, they made the rule for him so that he could do that. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why he hasn't played in the field. No, I thought they made it so it was easier for him to play in the field. No, so the re- you don't. So you so you don't lose your DH when he comes out as pitcher. Isn't that the rule? Yeah, but he comes out and pitcher as the pitcher and is the DH. He's not the right fielder. Okay, fair. Yeah, no, that. Right. Okay, but still, there's nothing. Look, I I love. Sh- Shohei Otani. I and all these people on Twitter, you have to appreciate his greatness. I do. I totally do. But you, you don't have but, to do it with an unjust award. This is not Vladdy's what what Judge is doing blows 2021 Vladdy out of the water. It's not even close. I mean, he's already got him in, in homers, RBIs, on base percentage, OPS. And there was some people that you know uh, was was Otani a unanimous MVP yeah he was unanimous but I'm pretty sure Vladdy was the unanimous second or pretty close to that uh, I'm just interested to see you know how many how many first place votes is Otani gonna get um 
really interested for that award voting. But yeah, Judge 56, 57 last night. The chase for 61 is still on and um very much on. Every at bat that he has is now must watch. So uh very, very exciting for well, that. Why don't, we, um, yeah. why don't we go ahead and hop into this list on that note? Absolutely. Do we want to start okay. with honorable mentions? I'll let you go first. Of yeah, course, I, you know. Yeah, go ahead. So when we're talking about guys we're most excited to see pitch in the postseason, I took what the postseason is right now, the teams that are if the season ends. I as well, today. yes. Okay. Um the four guys on my honorable mention list, I'll start uh number one, Logan Gilbert of the Mariners. Um just had a really good year. I've seen him shove against the Yankees a couple times. And, um, you know, is, in my opinion, you know, I, I don't really know how Seattle views it, but I, I kind of see him as their ace. You know, you could say Robbie Ray, but Logan Gilbert's been a dog this year. And um, for a young guy, he could really make a name for himself and get himself more on the map um, in this postseason. So I went with him. Do you want me to just run through all my – I have three more. Yeah, honorable three honorable mentions, yes. Uh, Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians uh, has been I, – I know he has pitched in the postseason before. Um, or actually, no, I don't think he did in 2020. I apologize. Um, Still, though, a guy that, you know, leads the MLB in saves um, and has just been flat-out dominant this year. And uh, – I'm excited to watch him pitch, but also it'd be really cool if he like if he did blow a save because like he has been that dominant this year. So he's on the list. Um, I go with Ryan Helsley of the Cardinals. Uh, you know, a guy who everyone every, there was a lot of talk about him earlier in the year and kind of in the summer. It's kind of started to die down a little bit, but he's still been just as good. Um, and is the anchor of that. Uh, Cardinals bullpen, which is which has been um solid to say the least. Not not the greatest, but he's certainly the a, a bright spot there. And end it with Aaron Nola. I wanted to throw a a uh, Phillies pitcher in there because Aaron Nola's had quite the resurgence here this year. Um, you know, you look at his Fangraphs war. The dude is just really consistent since twenty seventeen. Um in the four or five war uh territory uh and I feel like everyone just kind of talks about Zach Wheeler but Aaron Nola is still really really good um and have to throw his name in there uh excited to watch really the Phillies in general they're they're a team that I am super excited to see uh play and uh, when when Aaron Nola's on the mound, they probably have their their best chance to win, in my opinion. So excited to watch him. Yep. All right, going through mine, I have five honorable mentions here. Starting with Frankie Montas, probably okay. not a name Brandon expected for, to have me for me to have on here, as I've been very outspoken about the fact that I am not a fan of either of the two main pitchers from this trade deadline and especially Montas I don't see how you can get this much hype when you were a three basically my biggest issue is the fact that no one was talking about 
how great the Oakland Athletics starting rotation was last year. Do you know why, Brandon? Because it wasn't good. Because it wasn't. All of a sudden, you ship out your one and your two, and this guy becomes the crown jewel of the trade market. How could the third best pitcher on that team? I, I have to pitch- push back on that. That that's a ridiculous statement. That, that is a ridiculous statement, LJ. He finished sixth in Cy Young voting. How All could right. he be the third best on his team? Then why wouldn't any of these? Why were the other two guys chosen before him? Especially when you look at the package the Yankees gave up, wasn't that far off what was sent by New York? Chris Bass, or I'm sorry, I can see Chris Bassett, but there, Frankie Montas. Look, Sean Mania was terrible. The like he had a season in there. Was it what twenty? 2020 Montas, or sorry, uh, Sean Mania was bad. Uh, 2021, he, he was not, nothing special. There was no way that he was bad. He still was the, the reputation. Either way, let's call him the two. Two, two okay. In a, I would say less than mid, a bad rotation. I'll, I'll concede the two there for this argument, although I don't know. I think Sean Mania's reputation was still greater than Frankie Montas at that point, deserved or otherwise. It's not worth it either way. It's not worth the hype that was given. Luis Castillo, at least it's more me just not liking what I see compared to everybody else. But this guy isn't that good, and he hasn't shown it in New York, going to a, going from one of the smallest markets to the biggest market. This trade is already looking very close to being bust territory. And the type of bust territory where the fan base gets starts getting frustrated and angry about it. This could change everything, though. If we watch Frankie Montas go in here and have great performances in the postseason, that that changes the that flips the whole script. And that's what I'm so excited to see about this. And you know, that's kind of something that comes up with a couple of guys later on, is Frankie Montas can cement himself as a New York Yankee with a couple good performances here in October. That's what's so exciting. Very similar to Brandon's Logan Gilbert. I actually went with George Kirby. Nice. I think he's one of he's one of the more under talked about rookies out there right now. And just his style of play, the fact that he's able to get such good strikeout numbers with elite elite control is insane. And this is going to put him on a much bigger platform than he gets being in Seattle. Going with these next two, or really these next three are all about about greatness and reputation level. I'm going to talk about Craig Kimbrell and Adam Wainwright together because I think both of them are in that scenario where they're Hall of Very Good and they're going to at least perpetuate their conversation towards Hall of Fame, virtually cementing themselves into the Hall of Very Good with a good performance here. I know that that's very that, that didn't exactly come across correctly, but Randy Very speculative. <laughs> yeah, you know, and basically what I'm trying to say is both of these guys could use one more great performance to secure their reputation in the league. Particularly Kimbrough, who I think, you know, still you can talk around a case for him still to this day with that eight-year stretch he had, which was just terrific. 
And my last guy is Emmanuel Classe, who I think can get to that Kim Craig Kimbrell, Josh Hader status as a reliever with a strong postseason here. That might even only have to be three outings for him, but he can definitely cement himself at the top. Awards to me don't do that. It's going out when the lights are on and, and showing up. That's what's going to get it done for him. Well, all right. Let me get into number 10 on my list. And I'm going to back to the Guardians. Um, Tristan McKenzie. You know, this is because I, I had a messed up. This is the guy who pitched in the 2020 postseason for uh, Cleveland. He was 22 years old and he got the task of having to pitch against the Yankees in that in game two of three of that crazy wild card uh, series that those two teams had. And, you know, they, they only let him go 40 pitches. He didn't even get out of the second inning. But he's a really good pitcher. Uh, 3.4 baseball reference war this year. Um, this is the most work he's ever gotten in a season. Um, and, you know, we know how good Cleveland is at developing these these pitchers. You can just name – there's so many names you can go through for starters that have gone through this organization and are even still there or now on other teams. And Tristan McKenzie's a fun pitcher to watch. You know, 6'5", 165, he's built like a pencil. Um, but he can bring the heat most certainly. And, um, yeah, the guardians are just, they're a fun team. They, they really are. All right. Coming in at my number 10, we're going to go to another American league team. We're going to go down to Tampa Bay, Jason Adam. Ooh. Okay. Bringing in another reliever here. And this is probably, I think my most painfully under talked about reliever this year you know we talked about him a little bit like if we were going to give the reliever of the year to a non-closer who would we throw around and we threw around jason adam he's pitched just as good if not better since we talked about him back in late june yeah 154 era for the year and 71 strikeouts over 58 innings is just nasty stuff but the fact that he only has eight saves is really what keeps people from saying, hey, this is the next big thing that's popping off right here in Tampa. So I would love to see him get that national spotlight, watch him shut down some guys, and get a few more people talking. Especially those people in fantasy leagues, leagues that have holds, because yeah. he can oh, have yeah. a feast for you. And Jason Adam, you know, with the way that the Rays operate, he could very well be in there to close out a game in the ninth inning, and I would not be shocked, right? Yep. Well, number my number nine is Adam Wainwright. LJ did a very good job talking about him, but, you know, the last time we saw him, he pitched in that wild card game versus the Dodgers, and he made one mistake, one mistake, Gives up the homer to Justin Turner. Um, but other than that, was pitching so well. The man doesn't age. Um, an, another great year uh, for him. Actually a better fifth than he had last season. Uh, so, you, you know, you absolutely like to see that. 
and I'd say he has a good amount of 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 a uh, postseason experience. He's uh got about a hundred and four, yeah, a hundred fourteen innings of postseason work. Um, a guy that knows the moment, knows knows what is expected out of him, and uh, yeah, super excited to to watch him um be on the mound for the Cardinals uh, at some point. Right, moving on to my number nine, I've got Jordan Montgomery. Arguably the best starter since the trade deadline. And I'm not saying this just to make Brandon feel bad as I can see him dying on the other side of the screen, but he's been terrific and he's been a real spark plug for St. Louis. I just want to see this momentum keep going. He's the Cardinal I'm most excited to see in this postseason because he seems like the guy who could easily steal games. Like you talk about Adam Wainwright certainly was stealing that wild card game before he didn't but you know i think you can think through dozens of different elite postseason performances from starters where they stole the game and there was the other team just had no logical chance of getting back into it. i think david price in um 2018 against the astros that type of those types of shut down slam the door performances is exactly what I think we could see out of Jordan Montgomery in one of these games. And I, I can't wait. Yeah. I saw something about Jordan Montgomery the other day. He was throwing quite a bit of shade at the Yankees. He said, you know, someone asked him, they were like, you know, you've been using your fastball way more. You're, you're a forcing fastball because he's normally a sinker first guy. Um, they're like, you know, you've been using your four-seamer way more since you got to St. Louis. Like, is there a reason? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I was told in the Bronx that my fastball wasn't really that good. He's like, but the Cardinals actually had some faith in me um, and let me throw it more. Oof. So, ton of, you know, ton of shade thrown at him. And the, the most similar uh, pitcher to Jordan Montgomery based on his batted ball profile, LJ, 2021 Walker Bueller, who, you know, only finished fourth in Cy Young voting and had a sub 2.5 ERA. So um, it's a good pick. You know, I actually thought about throwing him on my list, but I, I, it would be too painful to actually for, for me to be excited to watch him pitch. Um, what could have been, man? But hey, Harrison Bader is doing his rehab stint right now. The walking boot will be up in, in, in a little bit. All right, Brandon, who do you have at number eight? I'm going back to Seattle. Andres Munoz, um, a guy who has just been nails out of the bullpen this year. A young, uh, really young as well, I believe. 23. 23 years old. And 100% K percent or 100th percentile K percentage, 99th percentile whiff percentage, 99th percentile expected WOBA. And the most exciting thing, 100th percentile fastball velocity. So when you're talking about excitement, I, you know, he gets guys to chase more than anybody. He strikes out uh, guys at a higher rate than anyone, and he throws his fastball at an average velocity harder than anyone. That just screams exciting to me um, on what is a very exciting team to watch in Seattle. 
All right, well, going into my number eight, I've got Justin Verlander. That shouldn't be a surprise that he's on here. I love Justin Verlander, just about everything about his game. And I just want to sit back and enjoy some quality performances from him because that's really what you know you are going to definitively get. And I know I saw uh, Justin Verlander is coming back tonight. Friday, Friday. He'll be back on Friday um, pitching uh, off that injury. Um, and then we have to, LJ, unfortunately, we're going to have to get into those conversations of uh, Dylan Cease versus Justin Verlander for this AL Cy Young um, at some point. And, you know, whether or not this time that Verlander missed is going to end up costing him. But no. um, LJ says no. It's, we it's will not worth our conversation. Uh, those are the only, that's the only word I will use. No, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Justin Verlander. You think about if if he was in that rotation the Astros had last postseason, you know, they probably win the World Series. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good pick. I honestly didn't even think about him. That's it's really good. Um, number seven, I have Garrett Cole. That's how he wants it, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Number seven, uh, Garrett Cole, pretty self-explanatory. We know what happened in the wild card game last year. Um, would love to Why are see, there so many? So I, I would love for him to just shut everybody up with a really dominant postseason. Um, What's on the and, other side? You know, if obviously if the Yankees don't win the World Series, I'm going to be a disappointed. But if, if a Garrett Cole pitch is good and he's not like the sole reason why we lost the game because like obviously in, the, in that wild card game he it, it, that, that that whole loss is on him if as long as he's not the main reason why we lost a game i don't know we, judge should not have been going home on that play uh it doesn't matter cole cole gives up the homer in the first lj you you knew it was over right then come on now. Uh, no no i knew it was over when I saw Garrett Cole warming up in the bullpen, surrounded by Kermit the Frog plush, that's when I knew it was over. And then everyone's saying that's that's ball one, Garrett. After he like threw not a pitch down the middle in the bullpen, you knew it was over then. Um, if he pitches well in the postseason, I'll be very happy. Um, I like watching him pitch, and it'd be nice, like LJ said, if for him to you know a little bit of a reputation builder, kind of like those other guys, but. Um, he could certainly use this to save his his reputation because as of right now, I'm not going to compare him to the greatness of Clayton Kershaw, but Cole kind of has that. Uh, so that's why LJ. That's why I said I'm not going to. He LJ almost just died here. I'm not going to compare him, but Cole in the postseason has certainly gotten blown up um, a couple of times. But in our in, you know in 2020 he pitched really good in the postseason. So. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I get it. 
I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug, it's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Let's have a bounce back here. Let's let's have a bounce back um, for... As LJ says, a Kermit the Frog. Uh, moving into my seven, I have another guy who needs a reputation builder. Max Fried. Okay. I don't think a lot of people talk about him as a reputation building like necessity, but he 100% is, and that's why he needs the reputation build. This man is one of the baddest pitchers on the planet and yet doesn't get talked about in that elite group like ever if anything i feel like he always gets you know i'm not necessarily this is no disrespect to dylan cease but i'm more ready to put him there than dylan cease into the elite of the elite just because he's been putting up that type of seat those types of seasons for a lot longer i'm more willing to put him up on that scherzer level that kershaw level that Degrom Cole level than I am Cease or Alcantara or Urias, and yet those are always the flashy names that everyone thinks they're going to get cute and pass over him with. Mm-hmm. Max Freed gives us one more good postseason, and I don't think you can keep him out of that conversation. He's been unreal this year. I mean, the strikeout to walk numbers are just are just filthy. He's Walking guys at the lowest rate of his career, figured out whatever control issues. I don't even think they're even. I guess at the start of of his career there was some control issues, but wow, he's been he's been really good. And yeah, him and Strider are quite the one-two combo there. Um, LJ, I'm going to bring up with number six a name that you mentioned in there, Julio Urias. Just so quietly has the best ERA in the National League. (laughs) And like, you know, I haven't heard anyone talk about him. Not only does he have the best ERA in the NL, the best ERA plus in the NL, better than Sandy Alcantara. And he's not going to win Cy Young because he just, you know, only 152 innings. But Urias is a dog and he's been pitching. He... It's his seventh year in the league. He's only 26. He just turned 26 in August. Um, you know, you're right, LJ. I think that, you know, you you can get cute and throw Urias in that kind of, not the A tier of pitchers in the MLB, but I, I wouldn't put him past the, the second tier um, with the last two seasons that he's had. Got Cy Young votes 
last year, of course, led the MLB in wins, went 20 and three. Um, and this is just why the win is a dumb stat has an ERA 0.7 better this year yet is 16 and seven. So he, he, he must be worse this year. That's what that means. Um, but <laughs> yeah, regardless, Julio Urias, um, you know, a Dodgers pitcher that just a Dodger that gets overlooked because there's just so much star power on that team. Um, I saw more highlights of a Mookie Betts playing second base the other night than I've seen of Julio Urias probably the whole season. So that doesn't tell you something. Well, to be fair, that's that's not that's not to say that the highlights of Mookie Betts weren't deserved because they 100% were with that. Flip. Oh yeah, for sure. No, I'm not. I'm not making fun of Mookie Betts. I'm just saying that we aren't talking about Julio Urias, and we really should. And we're on number six, correct? Yes, sir. All right, number six. The guy that has never left that elite group that Max Fried's trying to break into, at least in my eyes, but no one's going to give him that credit. Shane Bieber. Where has the Shane Bieber love gone? This is one of the most disrespectful and brutal things I've ever seen. All right, granted. This guy had an incredible 2020 in that central, you know, which we have already proven. The fact that both Sayongs came out of that central division kind of emphasizes the fact that the offense was really, really bad in that group. But that doesn't take away in my eyes what this guy is capable of because you have, are looking at a guy who had a good rookie year, a great sophomore year in 2019, a 144 ERA plus, the insane year of 2020. Where he goes eight and one with a one six three ERA, and that was one hundred and twenty two strikeouts over those seventy seven innings. And yes, he did miss. What time. happened in the postseason in twenty twenty though? Granted, but you still can't. You looking at those numbers, right? Then looking at him go over the full over a semi full season, you know, with considering his injury, only making ninety six innings. He had a better year in 2021 than he did 2019. And both mm-hmm. of those had a larger sample size than his time in 2020 did. And yet, all of a sudden, because he did not put those numbers back up, he kind of fell by the wayside, disappeared. He disappeared from the public lexicon just because he can't put up a sub-2 ERA every single year. I want to put him back there. Right in there, in the bees, in the public lexicon, Shane Bieber, the best pitcher on the Cleveland Guardians, arguably the best pitcher in the – I'm afraid to make this take because I'm sure I'm forgetting – I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. No, this is – I'm doing the same thing we've been doing all this time. Best pitcher in the AL Central. It's not close. There isn't anyone. I mean, I – I was getting afraid that I was forgetting somebody, but then I realized my whole point here is the fact that he is – an S-tier pitcher, and no one's giving him the credit for it, and I just didn't give him the credit for it. So he needs a postseason where people see him again to make him memorable. LJ, it's amazing because when you were bringing up those S-tier pitchers just two minutes ago, you didn't even mention him. Like, I, right, intentionally, like I intentionally left him out there. but Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, no, it's a great pick, and like I said, He's got something to prove in the postseason, too, because we saw him in 2020, and he got blown up by the Yankees in that start that he had. 
after what was one of the best, you know, single seasons. And I'm willing to like put the 20, like a 2020 single season up there because what he was doing was, was, was unfair. He was just dominating hitters. He's going to be able to get back on the mound this postseason and, um, Hopefully dominate, but just not against the Yanks, but hopefully dominate. Hopefully not. Right. Number five. This is this is the one where I, I don't know how LJ is going to feel about this. I am excited to watch Blake Snell pitch in the postseason. Okay. When was the last time we saw, we saw Blake Snell literally – crumble the Rays franchise because Kevin Cash chose to take him out of that game in in game six of the 2020 World Series. The ERA in ERA plus is extremely misleading for Blake Snell this year. And I'm willing to back that up with some baseball savant stats once they load. Look, here's the thing about Blake Snell. Here, Here we go. If I had a nickel for every time I said that, first off. He's compared to 2021, it's pretty night and day um, to me. The ex Woba, way higher. Expected all the expected, like batting average, slugging, Woba, all better. Strikeout percentage still in the 91st percentile. With percentage is up there. One of the best spin rates in the league on his fastball and actually throws a pretty hard fastball for a starter, like 81st percentile fastball velocity. And talk about people with something to prove. They didn't let him prove it in 2020, right? Like he got taken out in what was the biggest moment of his career. We can't forget that he was how dominant he was in 2018 when he won the Cy Young. I. You know, battling injuries the last two years has, you know, it's been hard for him to really find a groove in San Diego, yet I still think he's had a very formidable season this year. Still on the right side of 30, um, at least for this postseason. Um, I, I am excited to watch him pitch, and I hope that he proves a lot of people wrong because he – in my opinion, took a lot of unnecessary hate. And yes, he did pitch bad in 2021. I get that. But he could really shut people up and be like, I'm actually a good pitcher and I'm going to prove uh, Kevin Cash wrong. I don't think it necessarily has to be about proving Kevin Cash wrong. Because isn't that the whole thing we learned from, or at least I feel like we learned from last year? You know, this is... This feels more like, even though he's going to end up with more innings this year, or could end up, could he? Yeah. Either way, yeah, it feels not. like a better managed year of Blake Snell and his workload than they had last year, where he saw all sorts of inconsistent stretches here and there for the Padres. I am all bo- on board with this, although he's not the Padre that I put on this team, on this list. I am all on board with you taking him here because I'd honestly love to see him succeed, not to prove Kevin Cash wrong, but to cement his role in the league more so. 
because this isn't going to be the the ace who goes is able to go eight innings shutout and give you those incredible performances uh, once a month. Like that's not going to be him again after this injury. We have to kind of accept that. What he can be is he can be a really good regular season pitcher if managed correctly. And then if you unleash him in the postseason, I could see more of this. You know, looking He's back good in the postseason, like he really has in his career. Looking back to 2020, the Tampa Bay Rays handled him perfectly. You know, you didn't give him too many innings. You kept him keep the out keep those outings short during the regular season. And then the one thing you should have done is you should have just let him go for it from that point on. Once the postseason goes. No holds bar. And I think that's more his role is being the guy who, if managed correctly, is one of the best pitchers out there. He just has he's just not gonna be the guy anymore. And once people accept that, he'll get the respect again. They won't accept that until they see him go out in the postseason and see that whatever they're doing with him right now really, really works. Blake Snell is a guy who is best used now where it's five innings, one earned run, gets through the lineup twice, and that's it. Right? Like, that's it. Yep. That's, that's exactly how he should be managed. There's there's no reason to have to, to have him go long. It's get through the lineup twice. Dominate us, the lineup twice. Right. Get us 15 outs, and you're good. That's what I want to see out of him. All right. Well... Going forward, I'm going to keep my number five pretty short here because there's not a bunch to say. It's basically the same thing as the Verlander stuff. Edwin Diaz. I think what he's done this year during the regular season has cleansed him of all of the hate that he received when he got to New York. We are back to talking about the Seattle Edwin Diaz, the guy who goes through all of this and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, is able to dominate batters and go through. You get my point. He is an elite closer again, and I really want to see it keep going. Yeah, you're right. All the hate has been cleansed from Edwin Diaz on the Mets. Um, it's actually crazy. He's spent more time with the Mets than the Mariners. That just doesn't that doesn't really make sense in my head. No, but. and at this point, you know, back to my point, we've we've gotten over that hill. Now I just want to be able to enjoy him being him and having some postseason success here with New York. Because he did, certainly wasn't going to get that in that time in Seattle. All of a sudden, you step up now. And you don't have to prove anything. You're just able to be yourself. And if he comes in at home and, and, and they play the trumpets, there's, oh, you know, when we talk about whenever Edwin Diaz blows a save, it's extremely dramatic. Oh, my God. How dramatic would him coming out at home to the trumpets, working into a jam and everyone's like, here we go. Like, it's going to happen. And then, like, getting a huge strikeout to end the game. That'd be amazing. That would be awesome. I don't think the jam happens. I don't know. I feel like once it goes with him, it's going to go in a postseason. 
scenario still. But that's right. yeah. Anything anything else on him or we're good? No, I'm good. All right. Um this guy might be on LJ's list and we talked about him yesterday. It's cool. Pete Fairbanks. Um just been that's super so cool. dominant. Has been super dominant this year. Um and he's only allowed, you know, it's only 20 innings of work, but has been exceptionally good. We talked go go listen to our show yesterday. Um also a guy with a lot of postseason experience and in 2020 was really good. You know, in the 2020 postseason, um the Rays were eight and one in games, which he was used. So and that was a postseason, remember, where there was no off days for the CS and the World Series. It was seven straight days of playing. And the CS went seven games. The World Series went six games. He pitched six total times across those two series. And, you know, he's he's a really solid pitcher. Interested to see how the Rays use him. Um, you know, they always do some crazy stuff in the postseason where you know who who knows what's going to happen but when he's on the mound um you know it's, it's going to be important to know his name and just how good he's been in this regular season in the short time that he has pitched lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. All right, going into my number four, we have Pete Fairbanks. Nice. Oh. Yeah, Brandon hit it pretty well here, except he is missing the big key detail for me about this all. And that's the fact that this is such an opportunity for everything to go right for him. He's been a great pitcher for years, whether it was, you know, whether struggling with injury or what, whatever have you, whatever happens. He has been a great reliever for the last several years. However, I don't think he's been fully forgiven and fully earned his way back from that one big mistake. I think this is his opportunity. You haven't we have not seen Pierre Fairbanks pitch this good ever. And this is the perfect opportunity to make up for that game six of that World Series. Give up for giving up or make up for giving up that long ball that cost the Rays the world's their chance at game seven. This is his time and this is that this is one of the two guys that I think 
particularly get kind of absolved of their sins from a strong postseason. Well, all right. Number three on my list. We're going with Framber Valdez of the Astros. Um, tied the MLB record the other day for most consecutive quality starts. Um, a streak that he could very well take into the postseason, which would be super cool if he does. Um, he's, you know, this, it might be a little crazy to say this, but he's kind of on a stretch that like 2019 Garrett Cole was on heading into that postseason where I was at ALCS game three and up in, uh, in 2019. And up until that point, Garrett Cole and the Astros had won 24 games in a row where he'd started. Now, I don't know if that is the case. I believe the Astros do have a loss in here or a couple losses when Frambers has had these uh, quality starts. However, you know he's going to go deep into games. He's going to give you 100 pitches at least. I mean, he's gone over 100 pitches um, in, what is this, like eight of his last nine starts or something? Yeah, so he's going to go deep. He's going to get a lot of batters out. And another guy with postseason experience, especially last year, who could definitely, you know, Astros fans were probably not happy with that performance in game one of the World Series last year. I would I would have to imagine that that they were not very satisfied. Um, but they've been watching him all year. We've been following him and just really excited to watch him because he's got a very interesting pitch mix. He's not going to strike out a lot of guys, and we know that, but weak contact, a lot of ground balls. Uh, Framber is definitely a guy to watch out for. Certainly. Now, I'm going to go in a bit of a different direction here. This is another reputation builder. Spencer Strider. Feels like a lock for the rookie of the year, and I just, first off, would love to just see him pitch. Like, I just want to see more of his work at this point as a Spencer Strider fan. But I can't even necessarily quantify how much this will change his reputation, his legacy, the hype around him if he moves up and has like, like if he goes through this postseason, his lights out, how much is this going to do for his reputation compared to if he wasn't in the postseason at all or gets blown up on a, on a couple starts. Mind you, I think that if he gets blown up, it's basically the same thing as if he didn't go to the postseason at all just because he is a rookie. But if he does do well, how much does this change his reputation? I think it could be astronomical. All right. On to number two. Going to go with a guy who LJ and probably longtime listeners of the show know I'm a very big fan of, James Karinchak. He is just such an exciting pitcher in general to watch, and there's some really interesting stuff with him. So Karinchak was a huge sticky stuff user. You go back to 2021. In that time where the MLB, like honestly, one of the weirdest times in baseball history where they were letting the pitchers like cheat for it was like, all right, you get like three more weeks to cheat. And then on this date, we're banning it. 
he was making it so obvious like he was touching his glove his neck everywhere because because they were fine with it right you look at his spin rate after the sticky stuff gets banned and it drops like crazy right well then lj he has worked this spin rate back up almost to where at least with his fastball almost to where it was uh pre sticky stuff and you know i don't know if i'm not going to accuse him of of anything because you know the umps have obviously are checking these guys after every time they come off the mound he's got a two pitch mix it's fastball curveball and that's it like that's it so as a batter it's quite the approach it's like okay i'm either getting what's like uh, he doesn't even throw that hard like well 95 but you know in today's game for a reliever that's that's not that hard i'm either getting the 95 mile an hour high fastball or the curveball that just falls off a table and that's all i have to look for and he's still dominant he's still a huge strikeout pitcher um 48 k's in 29 and two-thirds innings uh the expected stats are pretty crazy this year, a lot better than um, last year. And just a super exciting pitcher to watch. I feel like I'm throwing a lot of guardians on here, but they just do such a good job with these pitchers that it, it, it makes them an exciting team to watch pitch. It, it certainly does. But, you know, and, I struggled. There was a couple more of those guys I did want to throw in here than just Class A and Bieber. But, you know, I felt like I only had so many slots. And it's funny, as much as, I, as those guys I was throwing on, my list has been shockingly NL, too. I had noticed as well. But moving forward, we're at number two. A guy I'm surprised I haven't heard from Brandon with yet, unless it's his number one, Jacob DeGrom. Like, let's be real here. This is the first time we've seen Jacob DeGrom in the postseason. If you're if you're catching my drift, like this guy is different since that postseason run in 2015. And in that 2015 run, you know, the start of that was very good. That was all the way through until that World Series five innings four earned. He was really, really good. All of a sudden, now you're looking at the guy who has been easily the best pitcher in baseball for the last five years, or yes, five five years. Should have three Cy Youngs, really. And if we're talking about if we're disregarding injury, he should definitely have four Cy Youngs. I mean, he have probably four in a row from like twenty. Uh, well, yeah, four. I'd yeah, four. Yeah, from twenty eighteen through twenty twenty one, he definitely should have had all four of those. And that's kind of being naive to the fact that if he had a two, if we were looking at Jacob Degrom with one hundred and seventy five innings and a two ERA, we'd be giving it to him as well. Here, in twenty twenty two, so. Yeah, I just want to see the best pitcher in the world cook. And the Mets are look primed for a deep playoff run. He should get a couple starts. 
And I'm just so excited for that concept because there's such a big difference, even though he was good in 2015. This was an all-star in 2015. He's a different guy from this point on. This is his first chance to show that. Well, LJ, my number one is Jacob DeGrom. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. He has been the best pitcher in the league, without a doubt, over the last five seasons. And, you know, we were bringing up the um, expected WOBA yesterday, right? Yep. Well, LJ, after yesterday's game, that he pitched against the Cubs, which the Mets did lose. However, DeGrom looked amazing. Now, out of every pitcher who's faced a minimum of 50 batters, so this includes all the good relievers, of course, every single starter, Jacob DeGrom has the best expected Woba in the league. <laughs> Better than Edwin Diaz. It, it is. It does not make sense, LJ. It does not makes sense how good this guy has been um it i i i don't know what to say he is what he does on the mound is so different compared to every other pitcher it seems at least starter that he is he's only had 49 innings this year and he has two war so you you know you give him 200 innings that's a 10 war pace or eight war pace something like that it's it's nuts it's absolutely nuts what he's doing and had he come back earlier there would be legitimate Cy Young conversation with him just like there was last year he got ninth in Cy Young voting and had 92 innings if he came back a month earlier he's in the thick of it right now yep like yep a month is only four a handful more starts. of appearance or batters. Yeah. Crazy. Can't but, wait. Yeah, I can't wait either. But my number one, the last pitcher we get to talk about today, Josh Hader. This has not been a good year. No. I'm not gonna mask it. There is no there is no other way to say it. However, I will say that this is one of the most talented relievers in the league, if not the most talented reliever in the league. And he's also been insanely unlucky when you look at expected. And yes, he has his ball. The ball has found a lot of bats coming off of his hand this year. He's at a bat finder for sure. There's, there's a bat bat finder, but to throw that bat finder, and somehow managed to be in the 90th percentile in expected batting average. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. And so I'm just, I'm desperately seeking for him to have that great run and remind us all that he is the best closer in the league because I don't think he's out of that conversation yet. And so the way I look at this is, not only can he save, he can easily save his financial situation and his legacy with a postseason performance here. He performs, if he is the best pitcher in this postseason, all of the sins of this year are absolved. You know, for for the people that are willing to take 
the the nine innings, the nine and two thirds innings that he's thrown with the Padres, and use that to say that he's not the best closer in the league anymore, is is a little nuts. Um, look, I understand he didn't pitch well with the Brewers, but so much of like his ERA and those bad stats comes from that game he had against the Giants where he gave up three homers in the ninth and blew it. You Everyone remembers that game, right? It was right towards the end of his Brewers yep. tenure. Regardless of that, do, do we remember the streak he was on at the start of the year where he hadn't allowed a run, an earned run, in the regular season for like 300-something days? And the only run he allowed in the postseason last year was a home run to Freddie Freeman, who, I don't know, Jay, he's just only one of the best uh, hitters of the last decade. That's all. He's he's only in the MVP conversation still to this day. Yeah, you know, that's all. Um, it's a great pick for number one, and I really never thought about it, but – if the Padres go on a deep run, he it's going to be – I have a feeling he's going to be a big part of it. Absolutely. Well, LJ, you want to run through the list one last time, and I'll do mine, and then we can wrap up. Yep. At number 10, I have Jason Adam of the Tampa Bay Rays. Nine, I've got Jordan Montgomery of the St. Louis Cardinals. Eight, Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros. Seven, Max Freed of the Atlanta Braves. Six, Shane Bieber of the Cleveland Guardians. Five, I've got Edwin Diaz of the Mets. Four, we've got Pete Fairbanks of the Rays. Three, Spencer Strider, our rookie from Atlanta. At two, we have Jacob deGrom. And number one, Josh Hader, San Diego Padres. Number 10, Tristan McKenzie, Cleveland Guardians. Number 9, Adam Wainwright of the St. Louis Cardinals. Number 8, Andres Munoz. Ohio State. (laughs) Number 8, Andres Munoz of Seattle Mariners. Number 7, Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees. Number 6, Julio Arias of the L.A. Dodgers. Number 5, Blake Snell of the San Diego Padres. Number 4, Pete Fairbanks of the Tampa Bay Rays. Number three, Framber Valdez of the Houston Astros. Number two, James Karinchak of the Cleveland Guardians. And number one, Jacob DeGrom of the New York Mets. But that is going to do it. Um, LJ would have to assume at some point we're going to be doing top 10 hitters we're most excited for in the postseason. If you'd like to. I'm definitely more. Yeah, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. There will be some sort of list coming out within the next few days. We have team of the week tomorrow. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. We'll see. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.